Welcome, everyone. You're listening to the IBS IBS podcast. This is Gaia Lamperti, and today I'm joined by Rohit Arora, CEO and co-founder of Bit2x, a global SaaS platform. Hi, Rohit. Hi, thank you for the opportunity. Thank you so much for joining us. So today we're going to talk about how AI and big data is simplifying the financial process. Um, how is Biz2x proprietary technology helping banks to make more accurate credit decision in an instant way? Yeah, so Biz2x as a platform, uh, you know, we are headquartered in New York City and uh, we have operations and clients in US, India, Australia and Canada. And one of the things that the way the Biz2x platform was formed was that in US, we are the largest non-bank SMB lender. And we built the platform for ourselves first over the last 10 to 12 years. And then, you know, we collected a lot of data, a lot of insights into how the actual business is done. What are the things that, you know, need to be uh, done in order to make life easier, both on the lending side as well as on the borrower side. And then in 2019, we actually formed a separate brand known as Biz2x to help both sides of the equation. So we focus both on the lending sides, banks, non-banks, as well as on the ecosystem play that wherever the SMB customer has big, has five big touch points out there that includes their payment data, payroll data, accounting data, marketing, and filing taxes. So we said if we can actually integrate into all those ecosystems so that we have access to all their data with their with their permission, then we will be able to not only help them to request for credit, but also do three things really well. The ability to monitor their ongoing cash flow, which is very important for the businesses themselves, predict when they need the lending products and what kind of lending products are going to be best for them whether it's going to be cash flow driven products or more long-term financing or equipment financing or merchant financing kind of products. And then the third thing was that all this data that comes in, how do we build the best risk data models out there, both from uh, to do the probability of default, as well as then build the right pricing engines, which could be offered back both to the lending community as well as to the borrower. And you describe yourself as an omni-channel platform. What does that mean? Yeah, so that's a... That's a very good uh, segue into this uh, part of the discussion. So what we really mean by omni-channel is that, you know, we are uh, really agnostic to the channel. So a great example is that we have a global partnership with HSBC Bank. We operate or they are using our business banking and commercial digital lending platforms in countries as diverse as US, Canada, and then in India. Uh, markets are very different, but at the same point of time, we we designed a platform from a workflow perspective, which was easily replicable across multiple markets. And what we really mean by omni-channel is that, you know, it's really agnostic whether it's being used by a relationship manager at a branch or a customer sitting in their office using a smartphone or a laptop or a CPA or a business facilitator who is using that platform to help their client base. So for us, it was like, you know, the borrowers or the prospective borrowers can come from anywhere. It could be a bank lender. It could be a non-bank lender. It could be a lender for secured products or, or unsecured products. But the UI, UX and every other aspect of customer experience has to be uniform. And whatever data that they have filled once, if it can be reused for some other products or insights, it should be reused so that the end customer should not have uh, have to go through the trouble 
that if they want to get multiple products, then they will have to apply multiple times. Or if they have a liability relationship with the lender and they want to get a lending product, then that data should also flow in in a very seamless manner. So for us, Omni Channel is, is both channel agnostic as well as uh, need agnostic. Uh, you know, So channel agnostic, any channel, need agnostic, it could be unsecured lending, secured lending, niche products like merchant financing, credit card products. So, so that's very important for us that, you know, that our platform should be able to perform that. And what we have seen or what we have done over the years is that we've been very successfully, we have deployed our platforms in multiple countries. Right now we are present in US, India, Australia, and Canada. And we have been able to offer both multiple unsecured and secured products. And we have both banks as well as non-bank lenders on up. That's really interesting. And as we mentioned, lending in the traditional banking model Lending can be a very paperwork-heavy and quite slow process. How can artificial intelligence and automation of processes reduce the turnaround for loan approvals from like 10, 15 days to just a couple of days? Yeah, I think I think that's a very good, very, very good question. So one of the things that we have done over the years as being a direct lender in the US market is that we have experimented a lot with these processes because anything which is AI or ML driven is something that needs to be a very iterative process. It doesn't get uh, really done in one single day. So what we have learned and seen over the years is that the team needs to have a very strong understanding of the business before they can build the these AI and machine learning models. And what we have done is that, you know, we have taken a lot of data, a lot of cash flow data. So we collect a lot of data from their bank accounts, from their text filing data, and then we made sense out of it. So, so we have something known as our biz analyzer score, which is our eighth generation score. And one of the things that we have done in that is that we have incorporated things like simple things like credit score, but we have seen that a personal FICO credit score or a Sybil score in India, uh, you know, doesn't really lend itself very well when you're trying to do SMB lending. But that has a role to play because you can get to know the uh, how credit worthy the owner of the business is. And then combine it with cash flow data of the business, combine it with public record available data, whether they have borrowed money from somewhere else, how they are paying it back, do they have any encumbrances, any liens on their businesses, and then put it into a scorecard driven model. That's the most important thing. So we have a scorecard driven model, you know, ranging from one to 100. Uh, so 100 being the best and one being the worst. And we have done, you know, over eight or nine billion dollar of lending, you know, based on those models. We have constantly iterated those models, and as we say, proof of pudding lies in eating it. So over the years, you know, our loss rates have never exceeded more than three, three and a half percent across the globe, and that's a very clear validation that if any company wants to build or leverage AI ML models, they really need to understand the processes. They really need to understand what data to use because otherwise there's a lot of data overload. And then they need to also benchmark it against that what efficiencies they have been able to gain and what reduction in loss rates they have been able to get. So in terms of efficiency increase with our partners like HSBC or Tata Capital and some of the other partners and our own lending experience, you know, we have been able to reduce the time uh, end-to-end timing by 60 to 70%. So a typical loan that used to take 10 to 15 days to close, you know, we typically do between two to three days. And by using AIML, you know, we have increased the productivity of our workforce by more than 100, 150%. 
And the third thing that we have been able to do is that we have been able to cut down the loss rate. So that I think is a very clear validation that AIML really has to have a multi-pronged approach. That clearly means that it, it should lead to more efficiencies. But at the same point of time, we have seen with that with a lot of digital players or in digital lending, speed equates to more losses. So the key thing here is that how do you achieve more speed? And you should also be able to reduce losses or be able to predict losses better. And what it, what it also should do that we have been able to do is build a risk-based price. Most of the banks lend within a very narrow box. So they miss out on a lot of very good clients uh, or borrowers you know, who, who are not within their box, but they are very close to their box. So what we have seen out there is that you, know, you can actually lend those uh, borrowers money at a little higher interest rates. And at the same point of time, your NIMS will be much better if you can use the data the right way and create the right AIML models to control your loss rates and also do the right pricing in the right cohort of that risk. You know, something I'm really interested in is that, of course, as you were mentioning, you need the right AIML model. But at the same time, you also need the right balance with human intervention to architect and orchestrate the whole process. Yeah, so I think that's another very, very valid point we have seen companies like Cabbage and some of the other companies which, which just relied only on automated lending models that didn't work very well when the recession came. I think the key aspect here is that you need to have that fine balance, that how much automation you need to do. You don't need to go and do 100% automation in SMB lending. At the same point of time, you need to automate most of the mundane or the repetitive tasks out there. The second thing also is that what kind of data you are looking at. So if you're looking at cash flow data, if you're looking at data which directly impacts the business in their day-to-day functioning, then that's very valid from an AIML perspective. But if, but if you're not able to segregate the, the data noise, you know, the noise of excess data, then you're looking at wrong things in that data, or then you're looking at things which are actually false positive indicators. So those are something that, you know, and the only way to test it out is by experience. So one of the things that we are very proud uh, about the fact is that we are very good in understanding what underwriting or risk really means and understanding the business owner's psyche, how they operate their businesses, what challenges they are facing, why a low-risk business or a low-risk loan could become a high-risk loan, what could be those circumstances we saw during COVID crisis globally. And how do you mitigate that? Part of it is educating the business owners themselves about their cash flow. You know, most of the business owners don't want to default, but unfortunately things get out of control and then it happens. How do they do that? How do they mitigate their own risks? How do they do things which help them to go to a level where, you know, they can rely on platforms like us. So we have something like a virtual CFO tool, which gives the business owners the ability to look at their own cash flow, benchmark their businesses against other businesses in their region, industry kind of stuff. Then the next part there is that, as people who are designing this and who are using AIML, they need to understand the real business. They need to understand the things that the real business owners go through. A lot of time we have seen the modelers are in an ivory tower. They don't really understand how real businesses operate, small businesses especially, what their challenges could be and how they could actually go in and help these businesses to not only mitigate that risk, but also being able to tackle and predict those risks. So I think that's very important that building models in an ivory tower or in isolation doesn't work. 
It has to be done almost like interacting with the business owners, with other underwriters, and try to understand the psyche of both the borrowers and the lenders. And that's a very important piece that, you know, the basic common sense plays a very big role in also developing the right AIML model. Brilliant. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Rohit. And to conclude, I would like to ask you, digital innovations are driving you know, a shift in the banking sector towards the SaaS-based model. What can we expect to see in the next, let's say, five to 10 years in the sector? Yeah, so I think the SaaS-based model itself is going a lot of disruption in the financial services space. So a good example would be that Platforms like Bistox, uh, what we have done is that we have built it as an open architecture platform where multiple APIs can be integrated, can be used into the platforms. What we have also done is that we have changed the pricing model. So instead of charging on a per seat basis, we charge our partners or our clients on a minimum usage fee plus a per transaction fee. So that makes it more cost effective for our clients also that how they get billed. It also makes it easier for them to offer that platform to their own clients. So as to make the process more uh, self-sufficient and also as more of their clients get a digital platforms, they're able to do more self-service, which is more cost-effective and also that gives our clients more data. And then I think the key in this model also is that you grow with your, with your client base by providing them not only with the software platform, but also the data analytics insights and other third-party products and services on, on top of the same platform. So what we foresee in the next five to 10 years is huge advent of open banking around the world. We see that every piece of data today, which is, in, which is siloed, will be available through APIs. We foresee that the borrowers will have a lot more opportunity to own their own data and transfer their data as and when they want it. And we also foresee that a lot of banks will become more like utilities down the line and the borrower will be more concerned or aware about user experience, uh, how their data is being handled, what insights are they getting out of their own data, how they can build better businesses and banks become almost fungible because what they are doing is they're providing money. Having said that, some of the lenders who will take a lead in partnering with platforms like ours the ones who actually invest more money in their own IT understanding of the IT products, the banks which are more supportive of third-party ecosystems are the ones who are going to be the big winners. And then the rest, unfortunately, will, will either get acquired or they will go out of business. Thank you so much for joining us today and for offering your insights. Thank you. Bye.